2: the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than
1: any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com.
2: I'm Greg Bresnitz. And I'm Darren Bresnitz. We're the host of Snacky Tunes. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
3: Hello, this is Diane Stemple on Heritage Radio Network's Cutting the Curd. Today I'm thrilled to have in studio two Brooklyn cheesemonger store owners, one very, very new, Erin Foster, and one just celebrated her store's fifth anniversary, Beth Lewin. Hello. Hello. Hi, Diane. <laughs> it's so great to see you both here. I love it. I love it. Anyway, let me tell the listeners a little bit about your stores. Uh the new place, Aaron's new place, is called Foster Sundry. It opened in December, and it's on Knickerbocker Avenue near Troutman in Bushwick. And the, new, the now old place is Eastern District on Manhattan Avenue near Freeman, a couple blocks from the water in Greenpoint. So, you guys, uh, one of you is starting the dream, and one of you is living the dream.
1: I guess so, but uh, Foster's also sort of been—he's been around since uh, when I when I started living the dream. So uh, he's he's not exactly a newbie either.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> and living the dream—it'll uh, be a dream one day. Right now, it's it's quite fatiguing. Um, well, that's because
3: you're in the starting the dream.
2: That's part. true. It's the it's the pre-dream.
3: Well, you're right, Beth. You kind of jumped in with less. Obvious cheese experience than than Aaron had.
1: Yeah, I had really um, only spent about six months in the business. I'd spent a lot of time thinking about it and Mm -hmm. taking classes and Mm -hmm. really uh, immersing myself in it. um, But only professionally for about six months before we opened Mm -hmm. the store. Mm
3: -hmm. So, what made you think of opening a cheese store?
1: It was something um, that was very. Personal to me, I was in. Uh, I, I'd lived in Greenpoint since '97, and was something that I really knew that I would love to have in the neighborhood. And I figured uh, a few of my neighbors would too. Um, so that that really was something that I was thinking about for a while as uh, just kind of not seriously, and then eventually the, the it became more and more serious. Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, Aaron, how when did this? fantasy start in your brain? From the start of Cheese or midway through Cheese? or
2: It probably started when I figured out that Cheese could be a real career. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I think that's something that we all struggle with, uh, is trying to make this thing that we're passionate about, or we might even pick up shifts and work at a random shop. Um, but the idea that you can actually make a living at Cheese <laughs> is, is, a, is a strange one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, when you tell people... You know, your in-laws uh, don't necessarily want to hear that, uh, <laughs> you know, their daughter or son is marrying a cheese monger. Um,
3: right. It doesn't sound that impressive.
2: No, it doesn't. Not on the face of it. Um, but I would say it probably started back um, in the early 2000s. Uh, I've been doing cheese since 2002. starting uh-huh. Whole Foods and mm-hmm. then uh, Artisanal and then uh, Whole Foods again and Murray's uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, all sorts of different places. I've, right. I've been around the right. block. but. Um, I really caught the bug pretty early on. Um, mm-hmm. And it's only been sort of a confluence of factors in the last uh, year or two that have made it even a remote possibility.
3: Mm-hmm. So you you knew you wanted to do cheese forever, but you didn't know if you were going to try to open your own store.
2: Yeah, I think that... Well, I knew I wanted to work in food, and, and cheese is definitely the area where I have the most experience and, mm-hmm. and that I'm, I think, most passionate about. Um, you know, I've been following the careers of... Some of America's artisan cheesemakers since since their beginning. I remember mm-hmm. meeting Matteo, bringing his first Matteo from Jasper Hill, mm-hmm. uh, bringing his first cheeses down. You know, from his first experimental constant bliss down from Vermont yeah. to, to New York, and mm-hmm. um, I remember being really excited about that. And, right. and now seeing where the industry is, ten, twelve years later, it's it's quite an honor to be a part of it. Uh, in the way that we are now.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, Beth, did you want to be a business owner before you wanted to be a cheese shop? Or how did how did your thinking go?
1: Yeah, I guess I did sort of casually cycle through various ideas for myself of being a, a, a business owner. And I, I thought of different concepts that never really quite stuck with me. And then somewhere along the line, uh, the cheese thing, it, it dawned on me, I guess, you know, eventually it does dawn on you. This could be a real thing. Um, and especially since my husband and partner was also interested in craft beer, um, the, these two interests that seemed like sort of unrealistic in maybe uh, uh, separate know, ex- yeah, exactly um, by uh, the time of about you know eight years ago. Uh, people started to really recognize that that was a good partnership, and s- both of those things really started taking off in New York City mm-hmm. um, in a way that um, beer especially really hadn't yet. Right. Um, cheese had always, of course, been, been percolating um, around. Um, and um, it was, I think what we do have in common is a lot of time thinking about it and then suddenly finding an opportune time to make it happen. hmm mm-hmm. What percentage of cheesemongers
3: do you think have the fantasy of starting their own shop? 95? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I mean, I think kill. you can
2: say that about employees in almost any business, where I think you always think you can do it better than the boss man can.
3: <laughs> uh, well, but also, I guess anyone in cheese sure. wants wants their own little store. Well, I think store. there's...
2: there's um, setting up your own counter determine your own mix um highlighting specific products being able to talk and serve in a way and 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 serve a community in the way that you want to i think that's that's a very tempting Mm -hmm. it's very tempting um being a cheesemonger is very much about hospitality Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and i think uh when you're working in hospitality and you're 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 selling this product that is is difficult and expensive and Mm -hmm. um requires or at least uh there's a lot of esoteric knowledge that surrounds it. You have a responsibility and, and, and a style that, that develops to, to sort of sell cheese in a way that's really good for the customer. And I think everyone mm-hmm. develops their own style and thinks, well, maybe, maybe I can do my this. My style is yeah, the best. My style I'm, I'm, works. I'm going to yeah. do a
3: good job doing this. Well, also, it's being with something you love. Sure. I mean, not, I don't know how many shopkeepers are surrounded by something they love.
2: Yeah, I think we're very lucky. Um, <laughs> You work. know,
3: do cell phone people love cell phones? Maybe they do.
2: That's you'll have to have the cell phone show.
3: I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna check the guys at my cell phone store yeah. to see if they really love their cell phones. <laughs> they might, they might, but I don't know if that's why they work there.
2: I mean, it's nice to have a crack at something on your own. Yeah.
3: Now both of you have fairly unique names. Uh, neither of them with cheese in it. Uh, Beth's store is called Eastern District. Five years in, do you regret the name? Do you wish you'd put cheese in the name? Is it confusing to customers?
1: Yeah, we get a lot of phone calls for, from people looking for the Eastern District Courthouse, so <laughs> oftentimes I do wish we oh, had cheese in our name. Looking back, I, I probably would have done that a little differently. Uh-huh. And you named it after your neighborhood. That's right. We wanted to have a local a local reference to our, our region of, of Brooklyn, and... Um, uh, we didn't want to be too obvious by having Brooklyn in the name. Right. But um, I think having beer and or cheese in the name
2: definitely wouldn't have hurt.
3: <laughs> okay. And now, Foster, how did you come up with your name?
2: Uh, I didn't. Um, okay. <laughs> someone else did. It
3: was forced upon you?
2: It was suggested, <laughs> and it made sense. Coming up with a name is was absolutely one of the hardest parts of opening a business. Yeah, It's, it's, <laughs> it's extraordinarily difficult because you... You come up with all these names. You're you're you've had a couple of beers. And you're like, this is a great name. <laughs> and uh, the next day, and the next day, you're like this is, that was a terrible name. <laughs> um, I we and we came up with some real just stinkers. Um, Any you remember? I think clever mess was one.
3: Oh, it's bad, right? <laughs> clever mess. Yeah, that's like hot
1: mess.
2: Yeah, which is I think ultimately why a good reason why we didn't go with it. I think um, one of
1: our our best worst names was Wedge World. Oh, oh I like that. Wedge World! Looking back, maybe you can get we a wedgie. You can go get a wedgie
3: at Wedge World. You know,
2: we really wanted to call the shop Superette um, for a long time. Is that uh, because
3: there was a sign on it saying that? No, I just no? I
2: really liked the idea of a Superette. I thought it was. I mean, our sh- our shop is sort of like a French style a pisserie. We've got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have fresh meat, we were going to have beer, we have all sorts of grocery items and produce mm-hmm. in addition to cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that Superette conveyed that, but then around the same time, well, my wife, who's an attorney, uh, advised me against doing that, because there were enough other people using Superette mm. um, that we could have had issues. And uh, also there were a number of And conflicts,
3: maybe. You know, people would be looking
2: for the wrong looking Superette. Looking for the wrong Superette, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really hard. I don't know if if our name, I mean I'm sure I suspect I'll feel a lot like Beth uh, five years down the road we get a lot of uh Foster Sunday people, people call it
3: oh okay but yeah Are they looking for ice cream
2: I don't really know I think they just they're like, why did you name it Foster Sunday and i I didn't <laughs> I didn't name it that it's an R.
3: You know, you're supposed to be nice to your customers.
2: I'm very, very nice about <laughs> okay. letting them know that it's not what the store's called.
3: <laughs> okay, now what do you think? How I, I'm wondering about what differences with five years apart from your opening your stores are in either cheese world, food world, or the economy, or probably social networking. You probably had a lot more people watching you on social networking, do you
2: think? Um, you're pointing at me.
3: Yeah, I'm pointing at Aaron.
2: Um, yes. Are you saying I'm being rude? No, I'm... <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Foster Sundry. Um, but no, your name is Aaron. I would say my name is Aaron. People call me equal parts People Foster People call him Foster. Yes. I call you Aaron. You can call me uh, Aaron or Foster. I have no no preference whatsoever.
3: It. But Foster is your last name.
2: Foster is my last name. <laughs> okay. um, I would say Instagram has been huge. and And it feels silly, like... As someone in their mid-30s to be like, Instagram's really amazing for us. <laughs> um, but it is. And I would also say that on the sourcing trip that we took this uh, this spring and summer, uh, Instagram is really huge for cheesemakers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that small cheesemakers, I'm thinking of Sugar House Creamery, for example, but there are um, uh, many others. The way that their uh, information about their cheeses will get out and get around um, mm-hmm. via social networking, particularly Instagram, is it's pivotal to their business. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been pivotal to ours. Like when we post something online, um, people come in and ask for it Mm -hmm. like within minutes or hours.
3: Mm -hmm. Is, is Facebook still active or is it over? No, people follow that
2: as well. Um, our, our neighborhood and um, I'd be interested to hear Beth's take on this, but our neighborhood is very diverse and we have a lot of people of different ages coming in shopping. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I would say, facebook appeals to some and instagram to others we're not on we might be on snapchat i actually don't know Mm -hmm. um i don't really know how that works Mm -hmm.
3: beth what do you think about social networking have you felt you have to hurry up and get more involved
1: yeah i we had facebook and twitter accounts and we're using those from the beginning but i was a little bit delayed in getting going with instagram and Mm -hmm. i regret that because um Uh, I just should have jumped on it immediately. So that would be my advice to anyone is as new, um, you know, forms of communication are coming out to always, always take advantage of them. Um, So we are on Instagram now and it's great, but I feel like we're might be a little behind there. Um, But the one thing um, online that has the most immediate effect for us is um, our email lists. Oh, still. Those are still, you know, although that's supposedly passe, those are our most most um, committed customers and fans, okay. and those are the people who are most likely to come in the next day and say, I want that, mm-hmm. that you mentioned in your email yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's because five years ago when you opened,
3: email was much more current. Y- you know, that's you probably got everybody's address and started your list right away.
1: That might be part of it, but I also think that a lot of times on um, sort of things like Instagram, um, people are, a lot of the people that follow you are more sort of casual. They might just want to look at pretty pictures, Mm -hmm. whereas if they sign up for your email, they definitely want to, they've said, I want to hear specifically from you. It Mm -hmm. sort of takes an extra step, so they're like a little bit more qualified um, as as a target. Or dedicated. Um, Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that said, I think it's totally necessary to do it Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. Do you have an email list yet?
2: Uh, we have. Um, we've sent one email. Uh, it's something that we, uh, that I want to be careful with. Mm-hmm. Um, Why? Because it's invasive. Oh. Okay. Uh, or it can mm-hmm. be invasive if it's mm-hmm. done wrongly. Okay. And I've. I'm. I'm been very,
3: the, been targeted by evasive emails. No,
2: I. Uh, I think that I'm. Um, I'm just very aware of that, mm-hmm. and uh, okay. I want to make sure that that we do right by our customers. And, mm-hmm. um, but it's. I mean, I'm sure. I I'm sort of saving. I also am, am wary until our shop is really fully up and running and everything is 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 sort of when we have our grand opening. Um, oh, I there'll think be a party. We'll ha- oh, we'll certainly have a party. Oh um, yay. we'll have several. I hope. Oh good. Um, but I, I I I'm really well. I'd be again interested in hearing Beth's uh, take on this. But uh, as we as we sort of meet our new customers for the first time, I'm Mm -hmm. very aware of the kind of face that we're putting forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to make sure that when we say something as loud as via email you should come in and visit us, that we're ready to handle that, Mm -hmm. and that we're ready to greet those customers and and serve them in the best way that we can. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, Now, another uh, area that I wanted to talk about is your neighborhoods. They're pretty different, um, and they're both pretty quirky, I'd say. Uh, Both in the process of gentrifying, maybe yours, Beth's, is ahead on Manhattan Avenue than yours is.
2: Uh, we don't. We don't like to use the G word.
3: Oh, okay, okay. It's a bad word.
2: It's a fraught word.
3: Okay, okay. Politically,
2: I just think that it means different people different things to different people. Um, to some people, it's a negative, and other people, it's a positive. And okay. I think w- it it doesn't really do anything to illuminate how our business affects the neighborhood. I don't think it serves, a, like it, it's not really very useful in the conversation.
1: Okay. Well,
2: let's I, talk I totally about
1: the, oh, I Oh, you agree? understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it, it carries heavy different kinds of meanings for different people, but we're definitely, you know, like at many neighborhoods in New York, we're going through a lot of changes right. um, um, around us. And uh, in Greenpoint, um, it's been a neighborhood, you know, since, uh, since I've lived there, people said, oh, it's changing so much, it's changing so much. And in the last year and a half is when I feel like it's been really dramatically changing, where there are tons of buildings being taken down and large buildings being built in their place. And um, and more are coming. Yeah, yeah, huge buildings are coming. And um, it's it's got all kinds of implications for our business. There's a, uh, definitely a lot of our loyal committed customers have been priced out of the neighborhood. Oh. Um, oh, it's a pretty not- sort of, you know, it's sort of a small isolated neighborhood. So, um, there, there really isn't a whole lot of um, real estate available. Right, um, Eastern so District
3: is on kind of the sleepy end of Manhattan.
1: We're kind Avenue. of a, we're on a little peninsula. Really, mm-hmm. it's not
2: sleepy anymore though. It's, well, as a neighbor <laughs> of Beth, I, <laughs> oh, right? You
1: um, live there. Yes, oh, I live, live right. in, oh, in and right. So now right. we have um, construction sounds going on all the time and. Um, uh, construction debris uh <laughs> blowing down the street <laughs> Oh dear. um so it's um you know a lot of times people said oh you're in such the right place you're ahead of the curve but um it's it's a uh, it's a difficult it's kind of a tumultuous time yeah, and I when
2: people say you're you're ahead of the curve uh or i, I it's It doesn't get at the whole story. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Neighborhoods don't work like that in New York. They change so quickly and Uh in ways that you don't expect. Yeah,
1: that's a major oversimplification. Okay. How did you pick your corner?
2: Um, I looked for an area. I I, I was trying to be as scientific as possible about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I looked at uh, different neighborhoods that were served by cheese or meat shops um, Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn and Manhattan. And I kind of looked... Um, I kind of plotted them on a map and okay. then looked at their radiuses. Because, yeah, s-
3: you seem to be a little bit out of the mainstream, Yeah, I, cheese I, I store-wise.
2: Only insofar as there's no cheese store there yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but why
2: open a shop where there's a cheese store already uh, there? No, I agree. Um, I,
3: no, I think that's good. Because you will have your uh, certain customers who are delighted, like, here's a neighborhood cheese store. Well,
2: I would say anecdotally, there are people... Um, that I spoke to when I was at the Brooklyn Kitchen that um, would sort of complain that they had to come all the way to Bedford Avenue or sometimes into Manhattan to Mm -hmm. get products that they wanted Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been visiting Bushwick and there's it's a really exciting sort of restaurant and bar scene right now and there's um, a lot happening there with uh, Ichiran Ramen coming, and mm-hmm. I know uh, Tartine, Blue Bottle were thinking about expanding in that area. They've now s- separated, but they still have a lease on a space. So, mm-hmm. at least as far as I know, so there was a lot of interesting things happening. Mm-hmm. But it was a neighborhood that seemed um, vibrant and dynamic, and more and more people, more friends of mine, moving to Bushwick and Ridgewood mm-hmm. um, as they get priced out of places like Williamsburg and Greenpoint. Right, um, but. Either underserved or unserved on the on the retail food side. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody who likes to buy things and cook uh, had any options. Right?
3: Though. How big an area do you feel in New York? That, like, is it miles? Is it blocks? How, what? Where you know where do they say you get your clients from? Your customers from?
2: It really depends. Some people. We were actually we were chatting about this earlier, Beth mm-hmm. and I. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you say, Beth?
1: It would be hard for me to say a number of blocks, and I'm sure it depends on the concentration of of the population also. Mm -hmm. But I would say at this point in 80% of our customers are regulars. Mm -hmm. So they live somewhere within the neighborhood, and they're Mm -hmm. coming in twice a week to once a month. um, And that is definitely the the majority of our customers. Okay, And And I would say
2: one out of three of our customers so far are repeat customers. Mm -hmm. um, Already in a month. Uh, already in a month, one, mm-hmm. one out of three, one yeah. out of four. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, which means that two out of three are coming in for the first time um, okay. and discovering us. And we had a very generous piece uh, posted in Bushwick Daily that I think has helped people. Mm-hmm. Um, our storefront itself is is fairly, sticks out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very bright. And mm-hmm. it's uh, on a corner that was just, um, that in the bodega that was there before we set up was just kind of, shut down and, and mm-hmm. looking pretty pretty beat up. So it, yeah. It when I had
3: seen the old picture versus the real store, it was quite di- quite a big difference. Yeah,
2: I could say what the graffiti said on the front, but I don't think I can swear <laughs> on here. Oh, you can. Oh, what's well, a poop dick. How <laughs> <laughs> nice! <laughs> yeah. Well, that's nice.
1: great, because you know whatever you're going to put there is going to be nicer
2: than Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, it's time for us to take a break.
3: Uh, we'll have an advertisement, and we'll be back soon.
2: families of wisconsin and the wisconsin milk marketing board are proud to underwrite cutting the curd on heritageradionetwork.org wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com.
3: Hello, it's Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd. Whoops, I almost missed my break. Um, Okay, Uh, there are two major differences in these stores that I'm thinking. Uh, Beth's store has lots of beer, and Aaron, you have a butcher, a whole butcher department. Mm -hmm. So how did you decide uh, to add those major things? I guess, Beth, you first. And uh, what percent of work is that to add something?
1: So for us, it was because I was in partnership with my husband Chris that um, those were where our, our main interests lied in, mm-hmm. uh, in artisanal cheese and craft beer, um, and they also are two great tastes that taste great together. So we <laughs> um, we really uh, originally that that was that was the, the from the start. of the idea, mm-hmm. and um, since then. Um, Those two categories are still our biggest categories, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, between, you know, probably 20 to 30% of our sales each month is in each of those categories. Sandwiches and prepared foods come after that. Mm-hmm. Charcuterie comes in after that, and then everything else is mm-hmm. is just kind of like the I icing see. on the cake. Mm-hmm.
3: And um, has the beer expanded, or has it gotten more expensive, or has the neighborhood wanted more interesting beers?
1: Yeah, th- there has definitely been a may- a big trend towards people becoming more adventurous in their beer tastes than mm-hmm. there were when we first opened. We had a lot more... Um, very sort of you know familiar looking six packs um, and then um as the years uh have gone by, people start coming in and saying, "Tell me about these sour beers i 've been reading about what should mm-hmm. I taste and tell me about a gosa and tell me uh you know the, it's mm-hmm. it 's definitely um our our cheeses and our beers i think um both our our selections have become more sophisticated as mm-hmm. our as our uh our uh, customers have mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. And now adding the
3: butcher—that was that your idea from the start, Aaron?
2: No, uh, I, I think I just tried to make things as difficult as possible <laughs> for, um,
1: yourself.
3: For, for, myself, for yourself, for myself, and
2: expensive. I mean, we've <laughs> what we've basically gone and done is opened four shops in one. We opened a, a grocery store, a cheese shop, a butcher shop, and a coffee shop. We have okay. very sophisticated. Oh, that was smart like, thinking. Well, uh, at the same <laughs> so time, you you've got all the equipment and all the labor, and each of those departments is very skilled, so it's well, not... I
3: would think particularly butcher. I mean, that's... Well,
2: they, I mean, they all people require... people don't
3: know how to do that.
2: Well, the butchers couldn't really jump in onto the cheese counter either, so mm-hmm. it's... Uh, or the cheese mongers jump onto the, 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 the coffee bar. mm mm-hmm. um, but I, I will say that uh, you know, I learned a lot uh, working, I think, most recently at the Brooklyn Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a ton of respect uh, and admiration for, for Harry and Taylor over there. Mm-hmm. They've done uh, amazing work along with Brent at the Meat Hook as well, Brent and Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really remarkable about their shop is um, you can go in, and it's a, it's a sort of full service shop. You can go in and get a protein from the, from the meat counter. You can get some groceries and vegetables to cook it with. You can get a pan in which to cook it, <laughs> and you can take a class on how to cook it in that pan, which That's I think is really the the sort of uh, synergy is a is a dumb word. I've been calling it secret sauce, but uh-huh. um, that sort of secret sauce of how all that hangs together was really compelling and really interesting, and I wanted to do something where I could try and replicate that mm-hmm. uh, secret sauce. Um, mm, so I really wanted the I, I really wanted someone to be able to come in and get uh, cheese and meat to cheese and charcuterie just to have a little cheese plate and hang out and mm-hmm. get things that are prepared or to be able to come in and we could help them because we're all very passionate cooks mm-hmm. get a protein get some groceries get some mm-hmm. vegetables and uh be able to cook a whole meal and then ultimately once we get our license get a nice bottle of beer or cider to go with it
3: oh you you will branch into beer too
2: yeah we're waiting okay. on our license okay, okay.
3: how the, long does that take a really long time
2: uh, it seems interminable uh there's <laughs> no way to know um, did the
3: superette have one
2: uh I think it did, but it's a that doesn't help. That doesn't help. I thought it something to do with distance. In some states, that's well, since they're not in existence anymore, Mm -hmm. um, it shouldn't be a a big issue. We're far enough from a school and a church. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a matter. It's a waiting game.
1: Mm -hmm. So would you? Yeah, I I just want to follow up that I think the two main things that people ask for us to have in our store that we don't have are fresh meat and coffee, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's nice to hear. I
1: haven't mentioned that,
3: but I think you might be onto something.
2: (laughs) That's that's delightful.
3: Now, um, how many butchers do you have to employ?
2: Uh, Well, right now we have, I mean, we have roughly 15 shifts a week to fill in every department. Um, oh, wow. wow. So I mean, if we're we're eight to eight, so that's an open and a close, and that's if there's very oh, there's effectively no redundancy. Right. So um, that's three three people. So you, you have know.
3: started at a, a busier level. We well or, or a more more employees.
2: Yes, I mean we started. Yeah. We have yeah. nine full time employees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we
3: started with two. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you and Chris.
2: and we also we opened significantly late so we ended up we we put together an amazing crack team my team is unbelievable they're Uh fantastic and uh we we paid to keep them around
3: oh before um, you opened because you were late which was really Uh
2: uh, is and continues to be difficult financially but um it was absolutely the right decision Mm -hmm. Uh, now
3: can you hop behind uh can you do all the jobs
2: I want to be able to do all the jobs. It's very important to me as a business owner to be able to do all the okay. jobs as well as any of my employees can. Okay.
3: Can you butcher yet?
2: I can't butcher yet. Okay. And, uh, but
3: you're I, interested.
2: I'm very interested. and okay. As soon as I get another cheesemonger, I'm hoping to spend a little bit more time cross-training. Okay. Um, same goes for coffee. Okay. Um, right now, I, you know, I'll, I'll work behind the cheese counter my 10 shifts a week and then... <laughs> Uh, where I'm most helpful is uh, you know, I'm scrubbing the floors and toilet and uh, <laughs> sweeping up. Oh, at
3: the end of the day.
2: Well, somebody's got to do it, and everyone else is quite busy. So
3: <laughs> and tired.
2: <laughs> and tired. No, this my. I would I,
3: think the butcher thing is a whole hard department. Well, to we're deal with.
2: we're very fortunate.
1: It's much it, more physical than
2: it is. We I mean we received a very large uh, cow today, and it uh-huh. and it, it's grueling work to bring it inside Mm -hmm. in 20 degree weather Uh um, and each one of those pieces weighs 100 pounds or more so. um, And
3: is your stuff all heritage fancy stuff or
1: normal
2: I, I won't i mean <laughs> yeah, those, those are I'm not sure. the words i would choose I, to I use got that, <laughs> you got
1: that fancy meat <laughs> we, got
2: them, we got them fancy meats um
1: i'm showing my lack our,
3: of our uh,
2: our beef is grass-fed finished. our beef is 100 grass-fed grass-finished working with uh-huh. amazing farmers that i've uh, some i would actually say most of whom i've had the opportunity to visit and actually you know see their animals and see the farm our pork is pastured um our chickens are an uh a hybrid that are air-chilled um and our you know our eggs come from the same producers as our pork we we pay a lot of attention our butcher Matthew Dale who comes to us from Marlowe and Daughters is amazing and mm-hmm. we couldn't have opened this place without him mm-hmm. um my sister who helped us put together the coffee program oh. um was integral and in,
3: Great. Uh,
2: our general manager, Anika, has mm-hmm. really carried me.
3: Mm-hmm. Good, good. Now, um, first a question for you, Aaron. Could you possibly have conceived ahead of time of how exhausting it would be?
2: No, not <laughs> at all. I'm so tired.
3: Right, and there's, there's probably no end in sight, even though it's January.
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, I was telling Beth my wife is away on business for three weeks, so it's just me and the dog. And Oh, is that uh, good? Well, it's good in that she can't uh, complain. She can't complain about the half-finished wine glasses on my nightstand because I <laughs> come home and uh, have a glass of wine or beer and fall asleep immediately. But it's uh, it's been exhausting. But it's it's a it's a very gratifying kind of exhausting. Um, it's nice to see Beth not look exhausted,
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the yeah. ghost
2: of Christmas future.
3: <laughs> now, me. I was going to ask you, Beth. Has it calmed down? being a store owner, especially post-holiday, now do you have help?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it started off with just me and Chris, and now we still only have two part-time employees. We're Mm -hmm. we're still a small operation, but... I only have to be in the store 4 days a week mm-hmm. and um, oh, a piece of cake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um and uh you know I'm do I do work from home uh, as well but, um, And you live r- And I ride right, right around the, the corner, corner. So that's
3: I do, that. the
2: part, That's yeah. the part I really pop yeah. in. Yeah,
3: so you on can come for an emergency I, or a visit or anything. Yeah,
1: yeah, when the you know the power went out uh, we had a little electrical problem last last weekend and mm-hmm. you know so i popped yeah. in mm-hmm. um but um yeah the first year was definitely so intense and and mm-hmm. in, incredibly exhausting um but uh after that things
2: started to flow mm-hmm.
1: okay
3: okay and you're you know you don't have your wife is not doing it with you has she jumped in
2: um she's given her advice on design design aspects that uh-huh. been really nice and mm-hmm. When she does come in, the first thing she does is pick up a dustpan and broom and, and clean it up, which I think is, <laughs> is is the right thing to do. Okay, okay. Um, and she's been extraordinarily supportive. I, I, when I say there was a confluence of factors that contributed to um, the ability for us to open the store, she, she's a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, her support, um, both in, in supporting us and also being supportive emotionally for and, and sort of intellectually for me while I put this thing together, has mm-hmm. been... Sort of indescribably amazing.
3: Mm -hmm. And you're newlyweds.
2: Uh, Relatively speaking, yeah. We got married last May.
3: Right. You've been married a long time?
2: We got married a year before we opened the store. Oh,
3: okay. (laughs) So it was legal.
2: (laughs) (coughs) Yeah. So, and how was that? Did that, do you feel like the store was a strain on your marriage at first, or...
1: I, well, the first thing I would say about that is that it's financially very stressful when you're both depending on the same business, Mm. um, uh, for your livelihood. Um, and then in terms of the fact that you're spending 24 hours a day together and having your home and your, your life together, as well as your business together, uh, Definitely, especially at the beginning, you're. Uh, it just intensifies everything, and you're nervous. Yeah, yeah, you're stressed out. Try to make out. the borders between. You can't come home and, and complain home. about your your boss because <laughs> you don't have one anymore. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you, the the really awesome thing is working through all that, and it's mm-hmm. probably kind of the same kind of things you need to work through in a marriage eventually, anyway. Uh, so. Uh, it's, it's, it's challenging, mm-hmm. but it's also amazing to then see the things that your partner can do that maybe you would never see them do otherwise.
3: Mm-hmm. Or how you can split up tasks and one be good at one thing and one be good at another. You learn how to
1: work together better and mm-hmm. better.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you guys have, a, at the shop, you have a really nice sort of rapport and uh, where uh, you know one of you, I think, is more knowledgeable and more deeply passionate about beer and one of you is more knowledgeable and deeply passionate about cheese and, it, and it's a very... Complementary.
1: Yeah, we're not on each other's turf
2: too yeah. much, mm-hmm. which is good.
3: Mm-hmm. How much help do you have behind the scenes, either store, uh, like business people, or internet help, or investors, parents? Do you feel like you're on your own, or you've got good, good support?
1: I have um, some good support. I, w- I would always welcome more, but yeah, definitely parents can the uh, cannot be underestimated for you know their importance of just. Providing all kinds of support, and I have uh, gotten loans from my parents mm-hmm. um, and then um, on the sort of more like business advice side, of course, we have an accountant, a lawyer, a bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, I've participated in various sort of entrepreneurial groups where mm-hmm. I have sort of peer uh, groups to talk mm-hmm. about business with, um, you know people who are not in the cheese business but just small business owners of other right. types. And that's been really helpful, too. Mm-hmm. How about you, Aaron?
2: Um, I would say the same. Parents and family have been incredibly supportive, both with their time, with their emotional support, and then financial support. Um, you know, our our shop is a combination of investment by um, family and extended family mm-hmm. and personal investment. And that al- and allows us a certain amount of freedom, but also... Uh, is quite scary mm-hmm. um, because, I, you know, I, I try to avoid mixing business and pleasure in that way or family and work. Uh, right. I think it's it's good to have boundaries mm-hmm. um, in terms of... Well, then of, there might
3: be more pressure on you to succeed.
2: Well, yeah, I feel... I mean, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't open a business to fail, obviously, but uh, it's... It's extraordinarily stressful. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no sugarcoating that. <laughs> uh, it's very, very stressful. Okay. Um, but I would say, yeah, family's been very supportive. Google is always great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've got a very good. Um, I've again, I can't say enough about my staff. Um, they're amazing. Um, but also, I I came into this with a lot of sort of self-taught business side. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of models and plans, and um, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'd love to come back and talk to you in a year or so, and, mm-hmm. and we can look and see it. See what, what's happened. What the plan? What I had planned to do right. versus uh, right. what we actually did.
1: And another th- another thing that I didn't really discover until a couple, you know, maybe a year or two into it is the amazing cheese community, the, the, the mm-hmm. cheese professionals that are out there, uh, the cheesemakers who come down and want you to taste and want your feedback and, and want to help you grow. Um, in in this city, we have a lot of friendly competitors, people that I, I'm really happy to, to be working with. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like I've learned a lot. Um, from our, our competitors and our colleagues mm-hmm. and it's it's I don't I never had that in my professional ah, career Yeah, because
3: you came into it sort of from the outside. So you met the cheese community as a cheese store owner where you've grown Aaron you've grown out of the community. In, yeah, you know, I would say that's true. Yeah, 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 and
1: when I, you know, when we first so opened, came in and, and <laughs> said, "Hey, oh, what, what's going on here?" And, uh, <laughs> definitely, you know,
2: and
3: yeah, that kind and of I thing. been a regular
2: customer for right. last five exactly. Years, so, right. so right.
1: Um,
3: right. exciting news, a new cheese store.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think that is a really great thing about our business mm-hmm. that that I had no idea it was going to be that awesome.
3: Uh-huh. I think
2: a rising tide floats all boats in that respect, and and. Uh, I mean, I'm right now, I, my one cheese monger is going on vacation in a couple of weeks and I am, uh, that leaves just me for a very busy, anticipated, very busy weekend. Uh So, um, I just posted on Facebook to see if any other guest mongers from other Mm -hmm. shops wanted to come by and people have been really into that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we're lucky that the cheese industry is, um, is very sort of co, -co Mm co-supportive. Um, Mm -hmm. it's really great. Mm
3: -hmm so what uh looking but you know you over your new store and you over your older store, what things have still surprised you, either good or bad, like that you just hadn't been expecting, have been either delighted or thoroughly shocked and disappointed to run into?
1: I have been really surprised how um, how much people are really into charcuterie, um, <laughs> which is great. I like it too, but to you me that's have a slicer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, to me, cheese is endlessly fascinating and delicious, <laughs> and I could spend all day just tasting different cheeses, and it's really surprising and weird to me when someone's having a party and they come in and they like five different kinds of cured pork and one piece of cheese. I think
2: that's so weird. I've also experienced that. That's quite surprising. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: but, no, you know, uh, different right. tastes. Right, and it's good for your uh, charcuterie department. That's right.
2: <laughs> I would say, uh, to answer your question, probably two things. One is... Um, it's very expensive to open a store. Um, I think
1: when Diane asked me the, that question when I was on the show three or four years ago, that yeah. was my answer. Yeah. Right, it's right, right, right. The, the cost. The
2: amount of unanticipated expenses that you mm-hmm. that you like, I, I feel like I I made very careful like plans. business models and plans, mm-hmm. but even down to like unexpected purchases of knives or different supplies that we didn't anticipate or um, you know, more waste than we had initially planned. Um, I mean, there's, there's or electricity is costing different than you planned. Uh, there's there's so many places where you can bleed money out um, mm-hmm. or where you have or to you... spend more money on something mm-hmm. that you didn't anticipate. Like, we're not planning to buy a vacuum sealer, and now we have to buy a vacuum sealer mm-hmm. uh, or a dehydrator. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah. So Repairs. Costs. Repairs, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we're, right. we're only at the very beginning, but already having somebody come in, even with new equipment, right, um, right. the amount of refrigeration we have, mm-hmm. is, it's a lot, and refrigeration is very mm-hmm. finicky. I would also say that like, I've been surprised and delighted by how well and how quickly we've been received... So positively by the neighborhood. Oh, good. Good. I felt like it was going to be an uphill battle um, Mm -hmm. just because it is. When you open a new business, people are already uh, accustomed to patronizing other businesses and you have to add value. You're breaking in. Yeah. Um, But I think there was a lot of pent up demand and people, I mean, we get paid this compliment 10 times a day and every time I just like, I tear up. They say, We're so happy you're here. Oh, great. I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) <laughs> some the time, feelings. I may be more off. happy that you're here than you are that we're here, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's a, it's genuinely one, oh, of, one of the nicest compliments we've been paid and paid repeatedly and
3: oh that's I good think
2: it means and the world and it's
3: encouraging it's very it encouraging. is and
2: everyone on staff like it's funny when you they hear, like it too they love it and, yeah. a, and they they uh, almost everyone has adopted the sort of same response it's like well we're really excited to be here
1: <laughs> yeah that's really just the, the best feeling and so if you ever if you have a favorite store and you haven't told the people who who run it that it's ah. your favorite store.
2: Do it; it will totally make their day. (laughs) Yes, that is. That's great. great. That's a good piece of advice. I go home and tell my wife when people say (laughs) stuff like that. (laughs) That's funny.
3: Um, Do do your workers live close by?
2: Almost everyone lives in Bushwick or Ridgewood, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Bushwick, Ridgewood, or Bed Stuy, except for me. So that
3: must be nice for them.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think it's 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 nice for them. I mean, we're also we we try to take really good care of them. At this stage in the game, Mm -hmm. you know, we're still having like more waste than we would expect, so. Everyone gets to... (laughs) Everyone
3: gets to take food home.
2: Everyone gets to take food home, and it's also really good for training purposes, like um, for people to understand different cuts of meat, uh, to try different cheeses. Whenever I cut something, uh, a taste of something that's particularly good or interesting for a customer, I usually set some aside for the baristas or Mm -hmm. uh, someone working the register, or I bring it over by the meat counter. Um, And they do the same when they're developing sausage blends or things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, But yeah, the the staff... I mean, I could just gosh all day about my staff. (laughs) Okay.
3: Okay, great. Well, our time is up. I want to thank you both, Aaron Foster of Foster Sundry and Beth Lewand of Eastern District for coming on the show today and talking about opening a cheese store.
1: Thank you, Diane, and thank you, Heritage Radio.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, and congratulations, Beth, again on five years. That's crazy.
3: And I want to thank Liz Smith, our engineer, and I want to thank John Burt for his cheese song that starts the show, <laughs> and I'll be back next month, probably with a book review. Bye. Bye.